Hello and welcome back to the Moonwind Podcast. I am your host, AK, and I hope you enjoyed today's reading of The Kingdom by Jess Rothenberg. So, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I am slightly annoyed today. I'm slightly annoyed because yesterday I recorded the whole podcast. This same one I'm about to do. I recorded it. Hours worth of footage or recording. I don't know. And then when I, while I was editing, I wasn't even halfway. No, no, not even close halfway. I was like, I don't know, three minutes in. And my laptop decided to uh, have an error and just die on me. And uh, the whole recording got deleted. And I'm kind of tired also to add. You know, I've been, I've been pretty tired since um i've been at home because of the easter holidays and um yeah it's been kind of boring tiring i'm not really doing much i've started watching netflix again i'm watching arcane suggested by a friend pretty good um i've also just been watching a lot of youtube and um not really doing anything else much I suppose I'll get to reading chapter 11 of The Kingdom by Jess Rothenberg. Enjoy. Hopefully I don't sound too tired. (laughs) Chapter 11. The November of the Northern White Rhinoceros. 22 months before the trial. The mountain is tall, but still we rise. Heels dangling as we scale the lifts to the heights of the sugar summit, Winterland's framed indoor alpine peak, where thrill-seekers of every level can enjoy family-friendly bunny slopes, powered sugar snowboard terrain, and treacherous triple black diamonds. A pristine winter wonderland most people outside the kingdom have never and will never experience. They say it has become too hot out there, beyond the green light, for snow. How much higher does it go? Kaya whispers, though she can see the summit as well as I can. In the lavender glow of twilight, she looks like an angel, her strapless sweetheart neckline wrapping with tiny pale pink crystals. Almost there, I say, wishing Nia had come with us. But she has never been as interested in the newborn hybrids as I am. I breathe in the icy wind, the hair deliciously cosy with the scent of hot cocoa. Hundreds of feet below us, guests gallop through the snow in the backs of dappled Icelandic ponies and sip hot chocolate in mountainside chalets. They soak in hot biosphere springs, skate across crystal ponds and relax in the crystal chateau, a luxury spa made entirely of ice. Even the sky here is like magic. A solar spectrum simulation with electric blues and plasma greens that dance and swell overhead to the soothing sounds of the Winterland's snowy dreamscape playlist. I glance down once more and feel a spike of warning in my system. It's hard to believe that so far below, hidden in all the snow, there is a wild animal lurking, a creature who is not welcome here. A small mangy wolf, I overheard one of the guards say earlier. 
where he didn't know I was listening in. Or maybe a fox, rapid, delirious, dangerous. Must have dug a hole somewhere along the gateway. It put the whole damn sabre enclosure on edge. I zoomed my lenses as far as they will go, carefully scanning the mountainside, though for what I cannot be sure. When I spot several small but distinct animal carcasses, rabbits by the look of them, and a trail of red leading into the snowy wood, I gasp loudly and scoot closer to Kaya. I am built to withstand temperatures colder than anywhere on earth, colder even than the coldest night in Antarctica before the ice caps melted but tonight it is not the frigid air that makes me shiver instead it is the thought of yellow glowing wild eyes stalking us through the trees i take several deep breaths reminding myself that it will all be worth it once we reach our destination once we see him ursus martimus a polar bear the first of its kind in more than 40 years renowned for our advanced scientific research cutting-edge interactive technology and deep commitment to biological conservation. The kingdom is not only responsible for the biggest and the best rides and attractions anywhere, but it has also dedicated itself to reviving Earth's most vulnerable species and subspecies, many of which can no longer be found in the natural world. In the years since my own arrival, back in the June of the Spotted Owl, our world-class team of scientists have welcomed one fez, or formerly extinct species, per month into the kingdom family. Birds, fish, amphibians, mammals, marsupials, reptiles. We even have a dinosaur, albeit a small one, roughly the size of a chicken. Are you sure Mr Casey will let us in? I ask, as the stars blink overhead, and the end-of-day bells begin to ring out across the park. It's almost closing time. Kaya's dark eyes are squeezed shut. She doesn't like heights. He, he told me to come late, she said. He told me to bring a friend. I can't say what it is about a bear that has me so exhilarated. I appreciate all the animals equally, but something about this arrival feels special, even more than usual. Maybe it's the fairy tale Mother read to us years ago about the princess who dreamed of a golden wreath and the white bear who brings it to her. Or maybe it's that Winterland's last fez, a narwhal, died before it could reach full maturity. And this cub feels like a new beginning. When the lift releases us, we crunch across artificial snow to the Arctic enclosure, now empty of guests. As soon as the glass doors slide open, they exhibit dark before the tranquil blue of the pool, I am sure that the polar bear cub is the most beautiful creature I have ever seen. He is there, dozing on a rocky ledge just behind the glass, his hybrid coat so brilliantly white he could be made out of snow. It takes me all three seconds to memorise every part of him, from the tiny square paws to his heart-shaped nose, to his fat little belly, gently swelling when he breathes. Hello, little one, I whisper, pressing my palms to the icy glass. Will you be my friend? Hey there, look who finally decided to show up, a voice says suddenly from behind where Kaya and I are seated. I recognise the source quickly, Cameron Casey, an animal trainer from Texas, with hair the colour of Swiss chocolate, eyes the colours of emerald field. 
eyes the colour of an emerald field, and the smile so bright, so symmetrical, it's almost hard to believe he wasn't intentionally designed to look that way. You ladies are late, he says, winking when our eyes meet. I was about to give up on you. Even miracles take time, Kaya replies, batting her eyelashes. It's a standard line, but Mr. Casey laughs as if he'd never heard it before. You are a character, Kaya, he says before kissing her cheek. I'll give you that. She giggles. You don't need wings to fly. Kaya is a good girl, but as one of the older models, she is constantly circling through the script instead of creating her own things to say, which make her the most popular with the park's youngest guests, age seven and below. Sometimes my sisters will say cruel things about Kaya behind her back, that her hardware is defective, that her processes are slow, or worse. The inventors don't even seem to mind her babble during their seasonal retreats, I once heard Eve say, as she slipped into an evening gown of illusion blue, named for its ability to change colour in the moonlight. Though perhaps they don't need to do much talking there, she laughed. <laughs> not that Kaya would even remember. I am not sure what Kaya's memory has to do with anything. Just like I do not think she is slow. On the contrary, I think she is smarter than all of us and likes to play it safe. Anyway, Eve should be careful who she talks about. Out of the seven of us, her technology is the oldest and therefore most likely to fail. If anyone is due for a full system replacement, it's Eve, not Kaya. Mr. Casey jerks his head in my direction. Why didn't you bring that sexy mermaid Panya with you instead of her? He asks Kaya in a low voice, but not so low that I don't hear. My hearing is exceptional, better than any human or animal species. It does not bother me that Mr. Casey prefers Nia. Her shark skin silver gown this season is particularly stunning, though I will never understand people's fascination with mermaids. In mythology, mermaids aren't sweet or warm or kind. They are monsters, luring sailors with their beauty and enchantment into the sea to torture them, drown them, eat them. He's amazing, I say loudly, forcing a smile, hoping to put Mr. Casey in a good mood. We are good at this, distracting and casualing, reading people's moods. How old did you say he is? It works, Mr. Casey relaxes. Say what you want, but Mr. Casey loves his job. Just about four months, little devil's got a belly full of seal meat. That's why he's passed out like this. But don't worry, he'll be up soon enough, begging for more. Suddenly, he raps hard on the glass. I follow his line of vision and notice a maintenance worker inside the enclosure, hunched over and shoveling dirty snow into the chute. I know eventually feeds down into the incinerator. Many hundreds of feet below the park. Hey, Chen, don't forget to treat the water. It looks green. The news crews will be here at the crack of dawn. Right away, I notice the boy's dark, angular eyes. A small scar above his upper lip. Black hair glinting in the light like a raven's feather. Something about him seems familiar, though. I am not sure he must be a new hire. After all, I never forget a face. Are you deaf? Mr. Casey throws up his hands when the kid just stares at him. Finally, the boy nods. I heard you, he says. His voice is muffled by the glass. For a second, 
his eyes lock into mine. My facial recognition application doesn't typically work from this great a distance, but to my satisfaction, when I scan his irises, his kingdom ID comes right up. Kingdom Corporation, name, Owen Chen, ID, 9013-7219. Team, maintenance, clearance level, 10. Maintenance workers do not typically have clearance greater than 5. This is unexpected. My mind quickly spins with questions, but then I am distracted. The bear stirs. Soon he yawns, stretches, and opens his eyes, a pale a pale blue, as pure as the ice around him. Great, Mr. Casey says. Little furballs finally awake. Be right back. He disappears, heading into the enclosure, then reappears on the other side of the glass and scoops the cob up. A second later, he returns to the observation deck with the cob. Eat your heart out, princess, he says, dropping him into my arms like a tiny snowy bundle. For a moment, all I can do is stare at the cob, at its perfect nose, his perfect mouth, his perfect paws, and his perfect face. He sniffs at me as if to say hello. Oh my goodness, I whisper, nuzzling my face into his painfully soft monochrome fluff under his chin. Kaya buzzes around me, but she shakes her head when I ask her if she would like a turn holding him. I'll drop him, she giggles, backing away. Okay, Mr. Casey says a few minutes later, by which point the cob has drifted off again in my arms, ears flickering in his sleep. Playtime is up. Before I have a chance to say goodbye, he has grabbed the cob by its scruff of his neck, jarring him awake, and hauls him back inside the enclosure. You shouldn't be so rough with him, I say once he's back. He's just a baby. In an instant, a shadow seems to pass over Mr. Casey's face. Is that right? He says, and I notice his drool has morphed into a tone as chilly as the air itself. You're going to tell me how to do my job now, huh? She didn't mean it, Kaya says quickly. When it rains, look for rainbows. In the low arctic light, Mr. Casey's eyes flash almost amber. The memory ignites a strange and uneasy feeling in my chest, a heaviness, a pressure, like I am slowly being squeezed. I'm sorry, I say. Kaya is right, I didn't mean it. My breathing is growing shallow, and my thoughts become strange, a jumbled assortment of images and sounds I can't turn off. Screaming guests, barreling down the first big drop of the roller coaster, a storm plummeting our bedroom, branches scraping the roof like claws, Naya's prosthetic mermaid tail sparkling, blinking like diamonds in the sun. Mr. Casey grabs my hand, twisting it so hard I cry out. Not because it hurts, fantastics cannot feel pain, only pressure, but because his sudden movement has startled me. He isn't supposed to touch us, not like this, and he knows it. Please, Mr. Casey, stop. Seconds before I'm certain my wrist will snap, he releases me and I fall to the floor in a flurry of English loot, pale yellow, to bring the sunshine wherever I go, cradling my arms like an injured wing. Oh, calm down, will you? He says. Jesus, I was just joking. Don't blow a fuse or whatever the hell. I quickly scan for blow a fuse. Idioms occasionally confuse me, but the kingdom's signal is spotty. 
this far up the mountain and my search returns incomplete. Mr Casey steps closer, towering over me. You fantastic are also creepy. You know that, every single one of you. The corners of his mouth curve up in a way that turns my stomach. Good thing you're so nice to look at or I'd shoot you all myself. As if from somewhere far away, a soft warning bell sounds in my ear. Order, wonder, beauty, compliance, safety. I feel a tightness in my chest. His words are not safe. Right away, I switch it to safe mode, a manual diagnostic setting meant to slow our fear centre reactors and power down all non-sensual applications in time of stress so that we can more easily remain calm. As Mother has explained, the less calm we feel, the more prone we are to damage. Thank you for letting us see the cub, I say serenely, rising to my feet. We should be getting back to magic land now before... Hold on, Mr. Casey interrupts. There is something I want to show you. His smile deepens. Downstairs, in the VIP booth. He reaches for my arm, but to my surprise, Kaya steps forward. I'll go with you, Mr. Casey. I frown. What is she doing? Kaya, I say gently, trying to meet her gaze. It's time to go. Mother will be worried. In helping others, she flashes a sweet smile. We shall also help ourselves. Mr. Casey looks back and forth between us. Whatever, he finally mutters, grabbing Kaya by the arm. It's not like it would make any difference. I watched him disappear down the dim corridor, his hands against her back, and my stomach drops, although I don't quite know why. Perhaps he wants to show her a new beluga exhibit, I tell myself, or some kind of penguin performance. Then I remember, the belugas usually receive supplements around this time, and the penguins are quiet, roosting among the rocks. When I spot the maintenance worker, Chen, as Mr Casey called him, watching me from the other side of the deep, clear pool, the warning bell in my ear only grows louder. This is wrong, his eyes tell me. I press my hand to my chest and feel my motor skip out of rhythm, and like a light turned on in a darkening room, I suddenly realise why Mr Casey invited us to Winterland. Welcome to the kingdom. Your wish is our command. Ah, so that was chapter 11 of The Kingdom by Jess Rothenberg. Today, it wasn't that long actually, because I see the recording is 26 minutes already, and um, I don't want to make this very long, because... Watching shorter podcasts, to be honest, is nicer than listening to very long ones. And um, from previous experience, I don't want this recording to be as long as an hour. So I will end it here. Hopefully you enjoyed that. And I hope you stick around to listen to the rest of the story when I get to reading again. This was the Moonwind Podcast. Nighty night.